0: Welcome to today's episode. Today, I am talking with Rachel D'Alto. She is a relationships expert, coach, media personality, and speaker, and she's the author of Relatable, How to Connect with Anyone, Anywhere. Rachel has appeared as a relationship expert on Lifetime's Married at First Sight, TLC's Kate and Date, and the host of FYI's Kiss Bang Love. In addition, she has regular appearances, on a multitude of media outlets, including the Today Show, Access Hollywood, and Fox News. And she has even given three TED Talks. Today, Rachel and I are going to be talking about all things relationships of being a mom and relationships in being an entrepreneur. I'm so excited for this conversation. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Rachel D'Alto. Hi there. I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm the host of the Gold Digger podcast, and I'm so excited that you're hearing me right now because that means that I get to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Hagen. Michelle is a mama on a mission dedicated to inspire other women to chase their dreams and their passions, no matter what season of life they're in. And I've gotten the privilege to mentor and coach Michelle. She was one of my top 10 students in my community of over a thousand women, and she helped lead and inspire other mamas just like you. And now you, my friend, you get a front row seat. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Welcome to the Living Your Calling podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Hagen, and my mission is to help you step into whatever you're truly called to do. I'm a Midwest wife and mom, and I built my business and dreams between the moments of motherhood. I believe that you can create your dreams around whatever season of life you're in. I'm obsessed with creating connections, out-of-the-box ideas, and cheering people on in whatever goal they're chasing. This is a place where you can come to feel like you're joining your best friends for coffee, for real talk of what's happening in life and business. Whether you're working on personal development or business, friend, I got you. Each week, you will find an episode that educates, inspires, and helps you take action to step into your calling and live your best life. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for. Are you ready? Here we go. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to chat all things relationships, and I have questions for you on spousal relationships and friend relationships, and we're going to just kind of see where the conversation takes us. But what has been going on in your world? 2021 has started, and it feels like the dumpster fire rolled over for some people, but what is happening in your world right now?
1: Um, I have moved into clubhouse. <laughs> That's pretty much been my world since like the beginning of jet. Jan- well, I joined in like mid December. So it started in 2020. But yeah, I've been just obsessed with the connection. And as a relationship expert, I want to build relationships with pretty much everybody. And so I have not been able to get off of it. And it's weird because I had this lull of I'm finishing up my master's in psych, and I finished my book manuscript, and I had this block of time, and now I should be doing other things, but I'm still on Clubhouse.
0: A hundred, yes. That's just totally how I have been, and I'm just in there, or just playing in the background all the time. There's just all so the much time. great information. Do yeah. you think that Clubhouse is making more genuine relationship connections than any other platform that you have been on?
1: A thousand percent. I have met so many people like you, like there's at least, uh, I'm talking 10 people that I've had substantial relationship growth with. And some people I knew kind of on an ancillary basis. And Mm -hmm. then I saw them in clubhouse a lot and connected offline, but I have text chains with people that I didn't know existed, you know, two weeks ago. So, and these are real relationships. Like we're joking and we're, Sharing, and you know, we're making sure that we're actually getting to know each other versus normal social media, which is, you know, let me put a pretty filter on this and I'll pretend that everything's cool and you won't ever really know me.
0: Right. And it is, I feel like I, with Clubhouse, it opened up a whole circle because with social media, the algorithms kind of keep you within your circle. And with Clubhouse, I'm like, I have met people that I never, ever would have met or ever got my foot in the door to otherwise. And it has been an amazing relationship builder for me as well. And I do I feel the same that I'm like, Oh, these people actually truly care. And I think it gives you a good actual insight to some of these like even bigger entrepreneurs to get to truly hear their voice and what they're saying. And some of them, I've been in rooms where I'm like, Oh, You're maybe not what I thought you were. You're gonna have a jerk. (laughs) Oh yeah, there's
1: definitely been those where I'm like, and now I unfollow you everywhere. Where before I was like impressed by you, and now I realize that you know. But you are you're. It's funny. I was talking to uh, my partner about it the other day, and he's like, how he was asking about a particular person, and I was like, yeah, I was like, I didn't realize what a dick he was. (laughs) He's like, sometimes like you just need to know when to to. Stop being overexposed. Like you're better Mm -hmm. off from afar. So I definitely think it's a, it's an app that if you're going to jump up there, you better be prepared for you know either way that it could go.
0: Yeah, yeah, for (laughs) sure. Yeah, because there is some that I got in there and I was like, oh, this guy's like calling somebody out for saying something about social media, which I'm like, she was probably right, but wow, like. It is, but it's in a great app to even just get into small, intimate rooms and to meet people. And it's so funny because it's in that infancy state where I'm messaging some of my entrepreneur friends that are maybe not in the business world or fitness or other. And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, you just need to listen to me and get over here and like get on the bandwagon before it gets big because the early adapters are going to, um, oh yeah, it's going to jump the shark at some point. So yeah. I feel
1: like I'm just going to enjoy it all for now. I'm like, I don't need to take care of my children. Yeah. We're good. They're fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're That's all right. You can just keep watching that show, but it's so funny. Cause that shirt, my youngest is, well, he'll be four next week, but he yes. kind of knows. So like, take we'll care be, yourself. Yeah. Well, he'll be like playing and it's on in the background, but I like always raise my hand any room I'm in. And so I'll say to him, like in two more people, it's mommy's turn. So you have to be quiet. And he does like that. He'll Aww. just sit there and I'm like, he's like, oh, it's mommy's turn now. And oh my he God, like amazing. lets me take a few minutes that I get to talk. And then we go back to playing and like active, you know, passive, active listening. So.
1: That's awesome.
0: Speaking of kids, um, I would love for you to kind of just touch on what it has been like working and growing your business at, well, I guess your business in kids, but really you're all over getting to be on TV and going different places. So what did that look like when you had kids? Oh my God. Well, I have been a parent
1: since I was uh, just shy of 21. So I don't know even adulthood really as not. A parent, <laughs> so you go, you kind of just figure it out, and, and it was interesting. So I was a lawyer when my um, my son, who's now twenty, when he was little, and I would work you know a lot of hours. I'd have to drive all over. I live in New Jersey, and I was a litigator, so I would be all over the state in you know terrible areas and courthouses everywhere. And then I became an entrepreneur when my daughter was born, who's ten now. And I remember, you know, being up at all hours of the night, I, I did a startup company, we'd raised funding and had this exciting, like startup idea. And that was my entire, you know, jam. And then the media stuff started when she was probably like a year old. And so like, neither one of my kids know anything different than Mama Mama Works. They just don't know any different. And so they're used to seeing me do that. But it's interesting the amount of quality time I have, even if I'm traveling, which obviously 2020 killed my, my you know, frequent flyer status, um, but I still have more quality time than I did when I was a lawyer. So I always kind of compare the two. I'm like, well, what's the alternative? You know, I get to fly out and speak and do a gig and then come back or, you know, go do a TV thing. And typically those are, you know, a couple hours and you're done and then be present.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: it's just, it's always been a balance and I've never, I actually haven't really looked to blow up my business side of things. Like I've been very comfortable and I definitely, I'm happy where I am. But now that my daughter's 10, she doesn't want to hang out with me anymore. Like Mm -hmm. she wants to watch anime and play Roblox and ignore me for like days on end. And she like literally makes her own food at this point. She cooks probably better than I do. So now I'm like, okay, now it's, it's my time, you know, yeah. to really get my stuff going. So now I'm putting different systems and processes in place. And it's just a different stage of life, which I Honestly, I wasn't even anticipating until I'm like, well, I'm just sitting around reading books now. (laughs) (laughs) Why why aren't I actually doing something? Because I have a lot that I could be doing.
0: Yeah. And that's even I keep telling people because Thatcher has one more year preschool. And I'm like, and then he goes to school and then this whole new world will open up that they'll both be in school because my oldest is in kindergarten. But I'm like, there'll be so many hours. And I'm like, I just have to hang on and keep doing the little bits that I can for one more year. But as people have said that it doesn't matter what season, everyone's like, I always feel so busy, or that things, but then it does come to a point where maybe it does kind of slow down as you were talking. You're giving me some light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. I mean, eventually they don't want to talk to you at all. <laughs> you know, so
1: it's it's just so exhausting, especially when you are, you know, a work from home entrepreneur. It's like it's tough to separate, mm-hmm. you know, and and to feel like you're doing anything right or anything good enough, but there definitely does get a time. And and now, I mean, my son's in college and I'm like, I I literally woke up this morning. I was like, when did I talk to him last? <laughs> was, you know, it was over the weekend, but you know, it's been four, four days since I made sure he was alive. And I'm like, how does that happen? You know, mm-hmm. this was a person that like, I, I you had to make sure they had three meals a day for 20 years. And now all of a
0: sudden, you know, he has a job and
1: his own place. It's weird.
0: Yeah. Well, I would love for us to kind of jump into uh, the conversation about relationships, which you are the expert in and people have seen you on TV talking about this and I kind of have a list of questions that I would love to ask. And I do have to state to listeners, Jake knows that I'm talking about all of this. So (laughs) it's already all pre-approved. So I would love to kind of talk about to start with entrepreneurship and spousal relationships because sometimes, I mean, my husband and I got married when we were 22. So we've literally kind of grown up together, even in the last 10 years of of growing up and becoming parents. But I hear a lot of people and a lot of my friends in the entrepreneur world talk about how hard it is to start their business and either... Their spouse isn't on board, or their spouse just doesn't get it. Like I'm an Enneagram three, so you put a goal in front of me, and I will hit any goal that you put in front of me. And my husband is a nine, like a peacemaker, and he's just real, like okay. And I'm like, well, what's your goals? What's your ambitions? What are we gonna do? And he's She's like, like to be happy, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I don't know. So, what is your advice for entrepreneurs as they're starting out? Because creating a business can be a strain on a marriage for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's,
1: it's, there's so many elements to it, but I think the one thing is, is to not make them wrong for not understanding it. Uh, I think that's kind of, we all, we all are so different. And you brought up like the Enneagram, but there's almost, there's so many different ways that we classify personality that we are all unique. And I think we want people to understand the way that we do. We want people to think the way that we do because it's a lot easier when you're all on the same page and and we all think the same, then there's no conflict. But that's not how it works and especially in relationships. So I think the one thing to start with is to validate that. Be like, listen, I get that this is this is kind of different for you or this is uncomfortable and I want to understand your why. Because that's the thing. It's it's when you have somebody that you're in a relationship with and they're pushing back on something. It's it's typically because they they don't see it from the same perspective or they have a concern that they haven't voiced. And obviously, when it comes to entrepreneurship, there's financial issues. There's uh, there's time issues. You know, it's it's difficult enough when you have kids to try to balance kids and marriage and love and you know time and. So then you throw a job in there that is not a job anymore. It's, it's you know, mm-hmm. yours, it's another baby. So, you know, it's really important to have that conversation and allow them the space to say, this is what I'm afraid of, or this is mm-hmm. what I'm concerned about and listen to them without being defensive because they might have a point. And, they, and then you're able to have a conversation and say, okay, how can we alleviate those concerns. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely requires a lot of back and forth, but, but not a, you know, you don't support me. Yeah. You don't love me. If you don't, you know, believe in me. And it's typically not that it's typically I'm afraid, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm afraid because we have a mortgage. I'm afraid because you're already busy. So those conversations have to happen.
0: So what is your advice? If the conversation needs to happen, but the spouse just doesn't want to talk about it. You know, cause there's a time where they're like, well, I just don't, they don't want to rough the waters and, as the person who's entrepreneurial, like you know that your spouse or significant other is thinking something and just won't say it. And then, yeah. as a three in me, it, gets, it makes me mad and it burns inside of me. <laughs> and I get so mad. But what so I don't advise friend- going,
1: just talk to me. <laughs> no, don't do that. Um, Create a safe space for it, because it sounds like and especially if he is that peacemaker, it, it's a concern because I, I don't want to start something that I don't want to finish. Mm-hmm. But if you create a safe space and you come from a more empathetic place of like, I get it, like this might feel uncomfortable, but I need to know why. And I need to understand this so that we can find somewhere to meet in the middle and, and I can either, you know, help you understand where I'm coming from, or or we can grow through this together. But there has to be kind of that vessel and almost like, I pinky promise, like, I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to raise, I just want to talk this through, because I know you have concerns, and I want to hear them.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. I love that. Because it is something where I do have to a lot of times, even with any conflict that we have, because I'm he's the peacemaker. And I'm not I have to be like, like, let's just talk about it and just get it over with. So I love that advice. So the next question I have, and it kind of goes into and this is kind of a hybrid question, because it happens when entrepreneurship, like you said, entrepreneurship in a business is a baby. And a lot of times when we have babies, they also like change the game and the responsibilities. And I know, especially with the first baby, it's a big change in a relationship of, okay, how are things going to be done? And a mom feels like she's doing everything. What is your advice for a woman that is like, how do I get my husband to help me more? Because they just don't see it. You know And a men, And it's one of those things I know my husband's always like, well, if you would just tell me, and I'm like, I'm not your mom. Don't you see the toilets dirty? Like, clean it. Yeah. What is your, they don't think like that. I know there's a lot of men. So it depends.
1: I mean, obviously every, every, we're going back. Like I'm I'm like, everybody's a snowflake. We're so unique and different. Um, but it really is true. But I think in most cases, men do, (laughs) I'm going to get hate mail for this one, but men do need to be told what to do. Like they don't care if a lot of them don't care that the toilet's dirty. You know, I'm lucky I have a dude that, that can't stand when like the pillows are out of place. I'm like, what is wrong with you? But, <laughs> um, but I think, you know, if you want something, you can, we can't expect people to think the way that we do. And that's like good advice for all the way aclo- across the line for everything that we're talking about here. You can never expect that everybody's going to have the same perspective, the same thought process. We don't, mm-hmm. you know, and we have different priorities and we have different, you know, ways of thinking about household chores or, you know, the division. And until you actually have a conversation all you're getting is passive aggressive comments, or you know, <laughs> like the or the slamming. standoff
0: of how long will I let the sink sit there till he figures exactly? Out in it. <laughs> yeah, and like
1: what what does that do other than annoy the crap out of both of you? You know, it's just like we, we just have a conversation. Like every communication really is. It's so cliche, but it's it's the key to relationships. And if something's bothering you, it's it needs to be expressed. And I always I feel like there's certain things, not everything needs to be talked through. You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. like he leaves a post-it note in the wrong spot. Probably doesn't need to have a conversation. But I always say when you have something that sits on you, and I mean by that, like something that sits on your heart, something that you feel, like you can't move past this. Like this is bothering me. And I think we all have different I literally feel it on my chest. Like I I feel it. I embrace it. Like I just know it's there. And I'm like, if I don't let this out the pressure is going to be too much. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, I use that as my indicator of like, oh, okay, this is this is important. Like, this is something that needs to be talked through. If you get to that point, especially when it comes to kid stuff and like division of of um, responsibilities, that stuff needs to be talked about. Yeah. You know, because otherwise, you're dealing with resentment and that passive aggressiveness just keeps rising.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and that
1: does nothing except for cause even more tension.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. That's great to like, think about how are you feeling? Or is this emotion like really, truly bothering me? Or is it something that I can let go? And it's interesting, because Jake and I have been married, it'll be 10 years in July, and we've been together almost 15. And we were talking the other day, and I was telling him, it's like, we've reached this point of our relationship where the kids are little. And it's like, It used to be, oh, thank God you came home and through the door, but now it's like, oh, you came upstairs from the basement because he's still working from home. But it's almost like this teammate, like, okay, I tag you in so that I can have relief. But And I think that this happens in motherhood, and a lot of people don't want to admit that it happens, where it's like the relationship kind of becomes like it's so comfortable that there's no fighting, there's no high, and there's no low, that it's this like teammate snagnet that it maybe it is a good place to be of when you're in the little years cuz you're literally just surviving so a mom that's listening that literally has babies we understand like you, it's okay that you're in survival mode but what is your advice for a relationship that now has come like the kids are our kids are kindergarten and preschool so they can kind of play on their own or leaving them is not as big of a deal and so now it's trying to figure out okay well now who are we after kids because the growing up that's happened in the last six years of of personally is huge. But now I think you look at each other and you're like, well, where do we go from here? What is your advice in a relationship now that uh, for parents that finally have come up above the water and are taking the breath of like, (gasps) I can breathe again?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you make a good point of there is survival mode and you're not meant to thrive when you're just trying to survive. So I I think people try to put so much pressure, like, oh my gosh, we should still be, you know, having sex and we should do date nights and we should do all these things. And it's like, Dude, just be happy that like you're you're alive and you made it through another day, and maybe you took a shower today. Like, yeah. good for you. But I think once, like you said, you get to that next stages, and relationships are always evolving. And the best relationships, you grow together, and you're always going to be di- different iterations of yourself. And it's funny because you know you see it you see it in Hollywood, but it happens in real life too, where people mm-hmm. they drive them apart from each other, or they separate because you've changed well everybody changes mm-hmm. like we've all ch- we change so often so your point your your point is to change like this is how we we grow as humans so how to grow together is really reprioritizing
0: mm-hmm. and making
1: sure that okay you know if you had a pie and in the beginning of you know baby stage it's like 90 percent baby and like 10 percent me Maybe 9% me and 1% relationship, you know? And I get that. And that that probably starts to shift even as you get out of the newborn stage, like you get a little bit more me, a little bit more us. But now if if the kids get, I don't know, give them 50%. That feels generous. Yeah. But then within that leftover 50%, it's gonna feel like holy crap, like I get so much for me. I can now give 25% to my relationship 25% to me and then 50% to my kids and you know not that these have to be the exact numbers of what you do but you really can just start to shift the priorities and what that results in is making sure that you're spending more time together you know making sure that that you're paying attention to their needs you know and knowing who they are and and how they've evolved and I'm a big fan of the love languages It's one of my favorite, you know, my favorite books. And if anybody doesn't know, it's the five love languages Gary Chapman wrote. uh, And you can assess what your love language is, what your partner's love language is. And oftentimes if you start speaking their love language, they start to come around to you. And, you know, there's... It's gifts, acts of service, physical touch, uh, quality time and affirmations, affirmations are words. And so, but that's even interesting because don't assume that what you were 10 years ago, you Mm -hmm. are now, I know I've evolved in terms of my love language. So understanding yourself, understanding them and then speaking and acting in a way that they feel like a priority again, helps you to shift into that next stage.
0: I love how you said about the love languages evolving. I'm looking at my bookshelf. Someone gave us that book when we got married as like a wedding gift or when we first got engaged. And I never thought about that of like, oh, how our love language was when we were 22 and got married. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, I could tell you for sure my love language was probably gifts because I was (laughs) young and naive. But now it's for sure words of affirmation. Um, Yeah and how it changes. And that is such an interesting piece. And I love how you also touched on the pie. Because I, I think that it's like, we feel like I have to give my kids 100% and my husband has to have 100%. But we can't give 100% both ways. And I really like that analogy, because it, for me, it almost sounds like it like give yourself permission to be like, listen, we both know we can't give 100 but we're giving the most that we can give in this season and to acknowledge that is probably huge because for some women or men like even just changing that mindset is probably huge and I didn't even think about it that way and I love that because it does give permission to just be like listen I know you're not giving 100% I'm not giving 100% but we're giving what we can give
1: yeah, you can only, I mean, I, it's like my grandma always said, can't get blood from a stone kind of thing. And you can't expect more than is capable of the other person. And I do think it's important, you know, as those those shifts happen, as you get out of the, the stage where there is a tiny human or multiple tiny humans mm-hmm. that literally are relying on you for everything to survive and thrive. So, but as you shift out of that, it really is so important to put that extra effort into your relationship, because then you get to a point where, you know, where I'm going to be in eight years. If, if we're not in a good place in my relationship and everybody's gone and it's just us, I mean, that gets a little scary mm-hmm. for people. And you see, I, you see this all the time where, you know, they get to an empty nest and they're like, well, we never spent any time nurturing our relationships. So now we're strangers and divorces happen. Mm-hmm. And, or they stay together, but they're miserable because they have no focus on, on kids anymore. So, you know, I do believe like, Unless you're in a marriage that wasn't based in love in the beginning, you can grow together and you can evolve together, but it does require that uh, that effort throughout. It might not be the same level every stage of life, you know, but... I'm excited. Like, I can't wait. I'm like, everybody get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Leave us alone. You know, I want to snuggle on the couch in my pajamas at 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I want to go away. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. But there's a lot of people that are like, oh my gosh, like there's people who keep having kids uh-huh. because it's a better distraction than dealing with their relationship challenges.
0: Mm, that's uh, that's interesting too, because a lot of times people think like, oh, well, if you we have a kid, it'll fix it. And it probably just adds to it.
1: <laughs> and the narrator comes on and said, and the children never fixed it.
0: <laughs> well, I would love yeah. to touch on another thing I hear entrepreneurs talk about a lot. And we saw this year some big powerhouse entrepreneur couples break up that were known for their relationship and being so solid. I'm not going to say names, but we probably all can name some. But one of the things that I think about, because one of the couples that broke up, I looked at them because, you know, it was like I've been working on self-development and doing stuff for a few years now. And my husband is turning around to the idea. I feel like it. it men are harder. And one of the couples that did break up and their thing was like she was working and he wasn't. And then he joined and now they separated. And I'm like, well, gosh, if they can't survive, how do any of us survive? But what is your advice for someone who's like now really working on themselves and their spouse isn't? And it makes them worry. Like if I continue to work on my spouse on myself, but my spouse isn't working on my himself and he's not growing, how do how do we meet in the middle of that type of relationship?
1: Yeah, I think everybody's always going to be on a different trajectory. I think it's very strange when I see people, not strange in a bad way, but it's not normal to see two people that are like, no, 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 I'm like searching for peace and and all knowingness. And so is my partner. And we do, you know, we practice the same things every day. No, like that's not, it's just not normal. Um, so you're always going to be at different stages. And it's just making sure that you get, you don't get too far apart. And it doesn't mean that you have to slow down your own personal growth. But also recognizing kind of back to the beginning of what we were talking about and just talking about being an entrepreneur or getting into entrepreneurship is, you know, this is something I want to do. It doesn't feel like you, you know, are, are on that same path. How do you feel about that? And kind of having that conversation, not making them wrong, you know, I don't going to your your partner and saying, like, why aren't you trying to figure out your Enneagram and what this means to you? Why aren't you like journaling? if I told my partner in a journal, he'd be like, uh, yeah, so I quit. <laughs> uh, you know, so I think everybody's always going to be on, um, you can focus on your own path without making the other person wrong. Mm. And This is going to also, this is going to sound really harsh and it's true and it's uncomfortable. And it, when I, when I was taught this 10 years ago, I didn't want to believe it, but not every relationship is meant to be forever either. Mm. And there are irreparable harms to a relationship. There are times where you are better apart. And you know I, it, it pains me when it's a marriage because obviously there's so much more attached to it than a dating situation. But there are there are marriages that do grow so far apart, you know, that the, they are irreparable. Mm. And that can happen, you know, and you cannot force somebody else to evolve. And if they aren't moving at all, and you are now here on one side of the spectrum, and they're over here, and they resent you for it, and it causes problems that you cannot communicate through, then that's a whole different discussion. But Mm. You know, those are the ones that break my heart. Cause I'm like, God, just you know, if if only you could see this this side of things, but you can't control people. You know, mm-hmm. you can only control yourself, you can control your journey, you can try to be as empathetic as possible to your partner, but at the end of the day, they have to make their own decisions. And there are times, and you know, it's interesting talking about the the celebrity or these big name people that break up. This is also why. I have never and I will never base my business or my credibility on my relationships. I talk about mm-hmm. it in passing, but I, that's not the foundation of who I am because then it crumbles that. It's like yeah. you build that up as, as your brand and now you don't have that. You have nothing. You have to build up yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think that's just something good for everybody to remember is like you, the only person you're in control of is yourself and the only person that you can build up and and support and evolve and have any sort of investment in is you and then let everything else you know
0: work itself out Mm, that's great to even just think about like and give permission of it's okay that you're not like striving for the same things like we said circling back to i'm a three i have to have goals for my life like and, and he does you know and as a peacemaker and he's like that's fine. Yeah, we're like it's all right. How do you want me to help you? Um and that's a great thing to think about and that it is okay that we are individual people and to remember that like a relationship while we come together doesn't mean that we are like now molded to the same person because we
1: never will be the same yeah. person. Nobody completes you. Nobody completes you. Like yeah. you are a whole
0: person all by yourself. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and if you're you're looking for somebody to complete you then we got some we got some work to do. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. We are so excited to be introducing to you the Living Your Calling Retreats. These retreats are going to be for women to reconnect to themselves and to join in community with like-minded women. We are going to take you from places from the Midwest to the beach to the mountains. And this is going to be a time for you to disconnect and have time away and to focus on yourself and to take a break from whatever it is you need. These retreats are going to be like nothing you have experienced before, and we are creating them with you in mind. If you would love to know more about the Living Your Calling retreats, you can head to the link in the show notes to join the waitlist so that you can be the first to know when we are going to be connecting together. We are so excited to create this for our community, and we cannot wait to meet you and to join a community at the Living Your Calling retreat. So I loved how you kind of touched on that, like to remember that you're a single person and to, to build on yourself, which kind of, I just wanted to touch on a little bit. And I listened to some of your Ted talks and things like that. And you were talking about how right now we're like the loneliest people have ever been while we're like the most connected, as I say it in quotes, because we think we're connected on social media and really we're truly not. And the one thing that I hear from a lot of entrepreneurs is how lonely it is. And especially the ones that are moms, I kind of feel like I hear more from them. And even motherhood is lonely. When you become a stay-at-home mom, your whole world changes. So what in this season of we're still in the pandemic, this pandemic that has lasted a year and who knows how long it'll go on and people are feeling lonely, what is your best advice in this season for creating connection?
1: <laughs> Get on clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead serious though. I think that's why that blew up so fast mm-hmm. is that all of a sudden we're having real conversations and we can tap out of them when we're out. Cause yeah. like I'm an extrovert and even me by, by seven o'clock I'm like, I'm done. Like, don't mm-hmm. pull me on stage. I don't wanna talk to anybody. I just wanna listen. But but it really does. It's it's filled this gap and not necessarily like you don't have to go on Clubhouse, but you have to be able to reach out to the people around you. Or if you need to facilitate new connections, you know, the, the challenge right now, obviously, it's going to have to start online because yeah. there aren't these in-person situations. But that doesn't mean that you can't become friends online with somebody at your kid's school or you know, a friend in the neighborhood, a potential person that you, you know, know is in your area. You can start building those relationships online. It just can't be, you know, I just scroll through and see them and pretend that I know them in my head because I see the pictures of their kids. It's, I'm going... And this is it's going to sound stupid, but it really is, you know, kind of the start of that virtual relationship. It's it's liking their posts. It's commenting on their posts. It's getting into an actual conversation. And I'm a fan of any actual interaction. Mm -hmm. So actual interaction to me is you are actually saying words. (laughs) You know, you are not just liking you are not just replying back with an emoji. You're asking about them. You are becoming more, you know, interactive in those exchanges. So Mm -hmm. you can do that in a virtual space and have some sort of level of fulfillment until we were back in, you know, somewhat more of a normal world, which might be a minute.
0: Yeah. And that's great. And it even is like thinking of as I'm thinking about what you're talking about, I'm like, I could probably FaceTime. I mean, my friends know that I am the random like, hey, I want to talk to you. I don't call you. I hit the FaceTime button. And I because I want to see their face. Oh, my God. You know, decline. <laughs> I know. That's what one of my friends she's like, yeah, we've um, and we met online. And we really only I went and met her in Texas, but we've only met in person once. And she joked on um, she's like, yeah, our relationship has gotten to the point where we just randomly Face each other I'm like oh I didn't know that relationships like had a thing where people just didn't randomly FaceTime people because oh my god I'm a big boxer oh. I, I'm like I don't want to
1: FaceTime I I'm a big voice texter so then I realized yeah. well then I realized one of my my best friends uh she likes to leave like five minute messages and I was like oh no honey we need to do that on Boxer so I can 3x it because oh. I listen to everything and that's my only problem with Clubhouse I'm like oh my god I can't fast forward this mm-hmm. um but yeah, so I, I like the voice text because I do like to hear the inflection and the tone and have more of a conversation than just, you know, texting back and forth. But yeah, there's so many ways to, to connect with people and to stay connected. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are a new mom and you're at home and you got a baby on, you know, one one hand and you're trying to start a business with your right hand, it's there's definite possibilities. It's just, you got to prioritize that time.
0: Yeah. And that's where like Marco Polo came in huge for me, even before the pandemic. And my husband's yeah. like, I don't get it. Just call <laughs> her. And I'm like, because she's busy. So I'm going to talk to her and she'll reply to me when the kids you are watch the video. Yeah, <laughs> You really do like the video. They try I to get me
1: love to Marco Polo and I'm like, no, yeah, nap, nap, nap. <laughs> I, yeah."
0: And <laughs> that's even like the podcast. I'm like, I, I don't let make anyone get pretty for me because I'm, I was really appreciative of that <laughs> that's what I feel like people have loved and people have been telling me like, well, you need to use the video. And I'm like, no, look, that's my thing. Like I I'm like, show up as you are. And, and because yeah. and people are now listening, but I, we can see each other. Um, cause there's so much more when you can see like the face and I do, I just like the face to face. I love people, but, um, Yeah, it is great. And that is one thing that I do love about clubhouse. And I don't know if I heard it in one of your clubhouse rooms or if it was at church or where I heard. But someone also had said, even in this time when friendships are strained, like honor the friendships that you have in this season. even And don't like think like, well, she should still be friends with me or she should be hanging out with me when they might not be comfortable But it's like, just let those be and the friends that are meant to be will come back. But to honor the friendships that you have in this season. And that's one thing I learned about motherhood because I had this whole group of friends before I started entrepreneurship and motherhood. And they're still my friends and I love them and they know exactly who they are when they're listening to this. And there's this whole other group of friends that are moms in entrepreneurship and we're super tight. And just to honor those relationships is one thing that I have learned. Um, and, and it kind of stuck with me and I've been thinking about this week of how am I honoring the relationships and the people who are really, truly interacting with me right now?
1: Yeah. With that, well, your presence, Mm -hmm. that's it. That's, you know, the most that we can give most of the time is I can give you right now, (laughs) you
0: know? And that's even one thing someone had said to me about clubhouse. They're like, I don't get it because I can't go back and listen to the people, are like, "Why is not recorded? I was like, "That's the point. It's that it's the entire live." Purpose. <laughs> that I, I know you are on the other side of your phone, live listening to me, is the whole point. And I think, like you had said, why it makes such great connections because I know you are physically present, listening to me because you have to to interact. Yeah, you're stuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. This has been such a great conversation. I would love to know if you could go back to the Rachel way back when you were young, what advice would you give yourself like in the early years of motherhood or the early years of entrepreneurship? If there's one piece of advice that you're like, I wish I would have known this and it would have made a huge difference.
1: Oh yeah. I definitely would have cared less earlier about what people thought of me. Mm. That would be like the best the best thing I could give to myself is like nobody should care. Yeah. The only and I post this a lot, you know. It's kind of like a, a thing on my my Instagram where the only person's opinion of you that matters is your own. Mm-hmm. And if I could have taken that in and really kind of sat with that, I think I I would have saved myself some some stuff.
0: So, what's your advice then for like? getting that into people's head, because I know we can all hear that, but it's really hard. Like I mentor some high school kids and it is like so hard because that's all like, I mean, in high school, that's a whole different conversation, but even still in like the young years in your early twenties. And as a new mom, you really, truly care about like how, how you're parenting and what people are thinking about you. What's your best advice or like, what would you say to get through someone's head?
1: I think it's starting with, um, you know, who you allow in, because we I think we we accept so many opinions from people. And I think there are certain people that are are worthwhile to be a part of (laughs) a part of your peanut gallery. And there's a lot of people that aren't. So, you know, separating that out and, you know, I, I think reminding yourself that that you can decipher what's true and what's not true and what to give weight to and i think we oftentimes we just we allow ourselves to give energy to so many things that just don't deserve it and we know when we're doing it we can feel it we can we can kind of think through our thought processes mm-hmm. that that really do spin in that direction and i think we don't give ourselves enough credit for the power we have to stop that So sometimes there's comfort in that negative thought tornado uh, because that's what we're used to, but we have so much control over that. And that could be an entire other conversation of just how we do have really the power over our thoughts to stop that Mm -hmm. and to refocus it. So yeah, I would, I would definitely just, I'd get people to be more aware of how even subconsciously we are just giving things energy that don't deserve it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Great advice. And that like gives the advice of like, let the grandma advice go if it's not serving you or it's yeah. like bringing up all the negative emotions, let it go. I love grandma too. Not, like, grandma, we, we grandma love grandma. not that I don't want your yeah. advice, I, you know, but it's just like the advice that comes up that you're like, that really bothers me or doesn't serve me. I love that. Ad- of just like, it's okay to let it go. Yep. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been so great, and I feel like we touched on so many great little nuggets of of wisdom, like all the way through early motherhood. In um, <laughs> it's, oh, covered, yeah. People <laughs> want to find you on the internet or Clubhouse. Where can they find you? Tell them about your book that's coming out.
1: Yeah, I'm
0: Rachel D'Alto every
1: every single place you go. <laughs> so uh, my website, uh, Clubhouse is all Rachel Dialto. I have a book coming out in September with Simon & Schuster called Relatable. It's how to connect with anyone anywhere, even if it scares you. And it's really all about building powerful relationships in spite of any uh you know, obstacles, whether it be social anxiety or awkwardness or lack of confidence or negativity. So that's really kind of my passion is, is helping people to connect. And there's a free quiz on my website of the type of social superpower that you have within you. So if people want to check that out, they can figure out what their superpower is. I don't give out any capes, but hopefully it's helpful.
0: Oh, Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing with us today. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Hey friend, before you go, I wanted to tell you about Rachel's new book that's coming out, Relatable, how to connect with anyone, anywhere, even if it scares you. Rachel's new book can now be ordered on Amazon. Her book is all about how we have a desire to belong, to connect in an age of social media and making personal connections has been more challenging than ever. In this book, Rachel's gonna break down how we can connect to each other and she does it with some fresh, fun, and a humorous tone. I'm so excited for Rachel's new book that's gonna be coming out. Check out the link in the show notes so that you can order your copy today. Rachel's new book, Relatable, How to Connect with Anyone, Anywhere, Even if It Scared You, will be out September 2021. Get your copy today. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Living Your Calling podcast. If you love this episode, will you share it with a friend or leave a review? Make sure that you subscribe or follow so that you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from listeners and connecting. You can find us over on Instagram at the Living Your Calling Podcast or at Michelle Ann Hagen. Join us inside of our private Facebook community called the Living Your Calling Podcast community. It's free. So why don't you join us inside? You can join by clicking the link in our Instagram bios or checking out the show notes. Join us and we will dive in deeper and I can't wait to connect with you. If you needed someone to remind you that you are worthy of your dreams, friend, this is it. I promise that you are worthy of whatever is on your heart and whatever calling you are wanting to chase. I am proud of you and I'm here for you. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for.